trust in God and God will make your path straight. And in all things and everything, lean on God for your understanding. Please be seated. Just before we started, I asked Maya to pass uh, a booklet around. Um, and if you, will, if you will note, there's a banner just behind you for those that have their eyes to God and are constantly looking. That's the uh, God's Dreaming banner. And that's the whole booklet, that all the information that's in the booklet is part of that banner. So if, you've, if you have time after the service, take a moment just to walk and observe the banner and see how a group in the, northern, in the northern, north of Australia have put together some of the passages of the Bible and how they've interpreted and used their experience of what God has shown them in their hearts to come up with a passage that starts... Uh, from before creation and finishes at revelations so have a look take some time see another perspective that might feed your soul as we come to meet together on pentecost day we often i've often had questions of who is the holy spirit what does the holy spirit actually do can there be another pentecost can our church grow in the spirit there's a number of different questions that come up and I thought I'd take the opportunity to think about some of the things that I've heard as I've been here at this parish. You know, Rob, we're, you know, our numbers are kind of always hovering at a particular number. Are, are we going to grow? Is the Spirit going to be with us? How are we going to move forward as a church? These and many more questions will be answered in a little while, but stay with me as we go through this journey. Very often, when we speak about the Holy Spirit, we don't speak about disbelief in the Holy Spirit. We speak about the idea that people just don't know who the Holy Spirit is. We know God the Father, we know God the Son, but there's this advocate and this essence of God that kind of permeates our souls and minds and thoughts, and we're never comfortable because we just don't know who, this, who the Holy Spirit is, the advocate, the helper. There's all these amazing words that we try and use to describe the Holy Spirit. And yet we never actually find a word that contains the Holy Spirit. It seems as though as soon as we've defined the Holy Spirit, there's a revelation from the Holy Spirit that steps outside those boundaries and shows us a whole new way of thinking and a whole new way of being in relationship with God. So sometimes people, don't, it's not that we don't believe in the Holy Spirit, sometimes we just say, I don't know. And when we read the passages from Scripture, I'm always inspired to kind of renew and refresh my thoughts on who the Holy Spirit is in my life and understand how the Holy Spirit's power flows through everything that I do. Speaking to various groups, the Incumbency Committee, Parish Council, Wardens, worshippers at St Linus, worshippers at St Matthew's, I continually hear that our people, the church, and I don't say the church is in the buildings, but the church, the people who make up the church, whether the building's here or somewhere else, you are the church wherever you go, wanting intimacy, inspiration, wanting the impelling power of the Holy Spirit to enter their hearts, minds and souls. And we know from the scriptures it's impossible to live a Christian life without the indwelling of the Spirit. Courageous discipleship 
cannot be accomplished without the guidance and enabling energy of the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. My sense of the church, both here and both the people at St. Linus's and the people here, is that we are waiting on the edge of something great, something miraculous. In many ways, I read the reading this week and I had a sense of that with the apostles, sitting there in the room, waiting on the edge of something miraculous and something amazing to happen. But they weren't sure what was going to happen. And then the winds blew and the fires came down on tongues and they were inspired. Like the, like the disciples in the upper room, we're waiting on that edge, waiting for renewal amongst our people, restoration of the primacy of Jesus in our lives, so that we are not just following the gospel, but we are following the gospel in a Christ-like way and empowered to be the face, hands and feet of Jesus in the world. Now, the word miracle, it can conjure up all sorts of thoughts. Pentecost was a miracle insofar as there was an intervention of a supernatural power in keeping with the higher spiritual law that overrides all laws that we know of. The higher spiritual law in existence that asks us to seek God first rather than our tendency to eat of the knowledge of the tree of good and evil before we seek God. We seek to do things in our own power and for our own purposes. Our ways of doing things come from what we have observed and experienced. Environmental conditioning, training, all the things that people say we are conditioned to do because we pass things on from one generation to another or from one culture to another. And this tends to shape our personalities. Our talents and intellectual abilities are believed to define the limits of our performance. And so when I read Pentecost, I see the miracle, I see the miracle where the Holy Spirit was able to break through from the supernatural world into our world and empower and transform the apostles and the disciples who were there so that they can think and act beyond their limitations and beyond their own perceived boundaries and capacities. And if you look at the booklet that I just gave you, there's this amazing imagination of the Holy Spirit. Um, it's about on, on the fifth last page, where you've got God and all the rivers of life are flowing from God and the Holy Spirit is part of that. And you can see the Holy Spirit breaking through from heaven into earth and creating an endless theophany where God's presence is amongst us and the doors are never shut. And this higher power exercises a law that multiplies our human potential. The word impossible is no longer part of the dictionary. The impossible happens where Peter steps out and everyone hears what he has to say in their own language of birth. It's no accident that we see the higher power exercising a law, God's law, on a day when we were celebrating the festival of Shavuot, which is the festival of the law given to Moses. So 
if you look on the calendar, June 5 and 6 is the festival of Shavuot. It's where the Jewish people celebrate the law being given to Moses, as well as the first fruits given to people. So on this day, the Holy Spirit breaks through from the law that's given to Moses to the law that is now not written on stone, but written in our hearts by the power of the Holy Spirit. And if we recall last week, we remember that Jesus prayed for those that were there and those that were yet to come so that we would be one with the us, the Father, the Son, and that the Spirit would be left behind to help as we see today in today's reading. He will give us another advocate to be with us. So there is no reason to doubt that another Pentecost can actually happen. And we have seen many stories of revival and renewal throughout the centuries. John and Charles Wesley were responsible for many of them. And they are kind of like my pin-up. If you've got a wall where you want to pin up all your heroes, well, two of them are John and Charles Wesley. Charles used to go ahead and pray in a town and he'd spend months praying. And then when he felt that people were ready, he'd invite John and John would start preaching. And then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit would be in the town and all of a sudden amazing revivals happened in those times. God's presence was released and God's people flourished by that message. Our spirit can be infused and empowered by the Holy Spirit when we have an expectant and intentional thought that we will be infused with the Holy Spirit and that whatever our limitations are, they can be overcome for the glory of God. I give my own testimony in this. My first language was Croatian. I grew up going to... I was born here and I grew up in a home and we only ever spoke Croatian. So when I went to school... I didn't know anything about English. Even today, I struggle to speak English because my first way of thinking is the Croatian way of thinking, the Croatian grammar, the Croatian way of putting words together. So verbs and nouns go in the opposite ways. If you know anything about Eastern European language, it's kind of like a bit of, it's a, bit of a pickle. And so I think that way, and I have to constantly discipline myself to translate my Croatian way of thinking into my English way of presenting. Could I do that without the power of the Holy Spirit? No. Could I do that without expecting the Holy Spirit to be with me? No. In fact, a little secret, and I told this to St Linus and I'll tell you guys, on the first week that I was here, um, this mini iPad, which is version 12 and we're up to version 14, that doesn't mean much to people, but we're up to a different version, a newer version, and this can't go there. Well, word dropped out. So on my first sermon, I'm, he- I'm here at St. Linus's and then at St. Matthew's going, well, the first paragraph's up, but the rest of the screen's blank. So I'm sitting here going, oh, Lord, help me. I'm here, my first sermon, and I'm going, right, this is a great start. And God did come through. I expected God to be here. I expected the Holy Spirit to get me through because I knew how important this parish is to God. So whatever words came out, I recorded them, I looked at what I wrote, about 80% were there, but there are a few other things that the Spirit threw into my mind, clearly, and I can show you my screen today, it's working. 
So I don't know why on that first day it wasn't. It just, just didn't want to behave. But when we have an expectant and intentional belief that the Holy Spirit will be with us, we are never let down. And as God says, when I'm praying in my head going, Jesus, be with me today because it won't be a great start if I'm here going, I don't know what to say to my people. And he was there. He was with us. He was with you. And I always pray for the gift of tongues because what I want whatever words come out of my mouth for you to hear them in the way that you need to hear them. And I've had many experiences where I've prayed that prayer and someone said, oh, that sermon was great because I got that. And, this, and I thought, I don't remember saying any of that. So I've had examples of miracles happen constantly in my life. But it's intentional and it's expected. So I would challenge you to, to also be intentional and expectant in your way of dealing with the spirits. In theological terms, this idea of being intentional and expectant is kind of covered by one word, and that's faith. Faith is something that we have to think about, as it does allow God to work in our lives. From Mark 5, 6, so you know my screen's working when I read that out. And he could do no deeds of power there except he laid hands on a few sick people and cured them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. Jesus does not say that he could do no deeds of power because the wrong wine was used in the service or the chairs were facing the wrong way or the PowerPoint didn't work or the car parks got gravel instead of bitumen or whatever material thought you might have that you think could influence Jesus. Material thoughts have nothing to do with the supernatural realm. Jesus needed a supernatural connection with his people and his hometown. That wasn't present, so hence the gift of Jesus that Jesus brought with him could not be released into that town. So can we have a, can we have a Pentecost? Can we have a more intimate connection with God? Can we find joy in our discipleship? And how do we move from sitting on the edge expecting something great to happen to actually being great and being the thunder, lightning and wind of God? Well, to me, it just comes down to that word faith. Faith that God is in everything that you do and in every part of who you are. Be intentional in approaching Jesus, asking what you need in prayer to release God's glory. And where, where is your faith now? That's a very personal question and I can't answer that for you. You need to have time and introspection with God. When we read the story of Elijah, he didn't find his power in the wind or the thunder or the lightning. He found it in a cave in the silence. Just like the apostles waiting in the room, locked away. He found, they found the power of God in the silence of that moment. So sometimes we just have to shut the rest of the world off. Turn the TV off for a few hours and just sit with God to know what God's purpose is. Faith is our statement that we desire 
to transcend what we think is our limitations and undertake courageous discipleship that is enabling the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. On this day, on this Pentecost day, we read about Pentecost in another time and another place. And yet, if we take the moment to be in silence and know what God is, we're not going to hear the thunder and the lightning and the wind, but we are going to be the spiritual lightning and thunder and wind of God in all of our communities. Let's build our faith personally and as a community so that we too can have a Pentecost and we too can release and extend God's glory into each part of our community. Live Jesus in our hearts forever.